This is a unique piece of dirt. It's science. It's science. Don't believe me. Give it a swirl. It's science. Just try it.
Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, you were just you just heard the song Terroir by uh, a disgorgeous superfan, Libby Winters. Um, thank you so much, Libby, for sending it in. If um, any of you guys want to um, have a song, uh, too late. We, we already have a song. Libby wrote it. It's the best song. Um, thank you so much for all of your help. And um, if you're hearing this, you can go by the zine right now. Our website will have a list of where you can go. Um, it's disgorgeous.com. And if you already bought it, it's in the mail or something. Don't DM me ever. Um, but thank you for the song. It's really beautiful. Um, man, I hope you all like the song. Is gorgeous. Um, that was great. It's funny how you chose to just like assume that we had just played it but not like introduce it beforehand do you want to do a take where you introduce it before it starts no <laughs> no i don't want to fucking do that okay do you want me to do i don't care um okay now uh, megan you you haven't heard the song no did it sound like it was a good song from the way i i presented it um yeah it's not yeah. very exclusive yeah. It's out there. We did a good fucking job. It's an exclusive song. This is Perfect. your one chance to hear the fucking song. <laughs> uh, it Jesus, is a really fucking good back, song. Kevin. <laughs> You're just, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I forgot that sometimes you just go and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my job to say yes and, and I didn't do that. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I am very, uh, so uh, Megan, you don't know this. Um, we haven't recorded for like a month. Maybe longer. I don't know how we managed to avoid it. We just haven't. And um, it's the busy season now. And yeah. we're both fucking crazy. Uh, I, I'm sure that your life is really easy right now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sleeping yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, chill. I love to sleep. Uh, I was thinking um, every time I think about like, man, my, my job's so hard right now. I think about every <laughs> other job in the world. Yeah. Sam. <laughs> I'm like, what am I complaining about? I'm just, ugh, you know what I mean? Grass is always greener or something like that. It's like how goldfish get bigger if you mm-hmm. have a bigger pond for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's going to complain about their job. So even even if your job is to, like, you know, be the prince of wine, um, like me, I still, I'm still <laughs> going to find ways of bitch. Are you drinking out of a mug or you, is that a forbidden beverage? This is tea. Okay, cool. I love that. Yeah, tea is a forbidden beverage, right? Yeah. The devil's water. It's it's a it's a hot liquid, you know. There, there there's a we're 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 delving into Mormon theology on this podcast today, so. Um, oh, good. I'm very knowledgeable in that. You seem like you might be. So this is exciting. Um, hi, welcome to Discorgeous. It's a podcast about wine. I'm John McCarroll, um, hi. aka Duck. Oh. I, I stepped over your line, sorry. Jesus, man, this is fucking amateur hour. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kevin Diamond, a.k.a. The Fun One. And our guest today is Megan Bell from uh, Margins. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. Um, this is exciting. So let's just talk about this season and what we're doing. Um, okay. This is our harvest season, we've, we've mm-hmm. titled it. We're going to talk to, uh, I guess, Five or six different winemakers over the course of the month. A million. It, the, the, the inboxes are overflowing. You're the only cool one. Is that fair to say? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> okay. One of the coolest ones. One of the top six. I've never been cool. Well, you've come to the right podcast. <laughs> We're through being cool here. Um, we, yeah, we sort of talked about how, um, like, historically, we always have uh, winemakers on, and we make them talk about, like, wine from some other region, and then we sort of, like, shoehorn their wine at the end, and we're like, well, your wine's kind of like uh, this other wine we had, even though it's not at all, and it's, we're bad at our jobs, and it's really Mm -hmm. evident when we do that, so we're trying to do a little bit of journalism here, and actually... (laughs) Talk to winemakers about things they know about. It's really this crazy idea we had. <laughs> yes, and I love this, Kevin. Uh, but like, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm glad that I get to talk about something I know about because <laughs> I wouldn't talk about something. <laughs> I do just think, like, for the record, I should state that before we recorded, Megan told me my voice sounds like Paul Red. And I haven't stopped blushing ever since. It's like the kindest thing anyone's ever said to me. Kevin is feeling himself so fucking hard, and I'm, I'm really mad. <laughs> In my mind, it makes me think like maybe I have a shot with Alicia Silverstone. Like that's all I can think. <laughs> I mean, I do think people should. I mean, I was going to say cover their eyes, but I guess they can't see you anyway. So I really think people should imagine Paul Rudd and then listen to you talk, and it matches perfectly. I am the Ant Man. Yeah. Whoa. Is that Paul Rudd? Choo choo bajoob. Yeah. Um, uh, this is going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Um, uh, so I think something that I wanted to just make sure that we say up front um, it sounds like I'm going to do a trigger warning, but what I'm just going to say is that. Uh, wine's a lot of work. And it's something that I think that Kevin and I erase a lot as our. Um, in our, our, our careers as liars. And so it's really exciting to talk to winemakers during harvest. Um, and like it, it, just seeing all the, it, you know, seeing harvest pictures and hearing about harvest and like my limited experience. Um, I've worked, um, I've never, I've only worked like half of harvests because of, of um, my school schedule, but um, I used to be a, a vineyard manager. So I did all the boring shit um, at a really bad vineyard, like an unbelievably terrible vineyard that um, I, it was mostly spraying chemicals was my job and um not not dying um good work yeah i i'm still here uh yeah. i have no mutations um but like what do you call that mustache on your lip uh <laughs> you know you know who really likes this mustache kevin the fans uh-huh i'm sure um dm kevin about it uh <laughs> and yeah it's like the, the amount of work that goes into a bottle of wine it's you know you you, you spend 30 bucks which is like you know for me 10 seconds of labor and it's incredible just how much work goes into every bottle. So I think that's kind of the thing that I want to keep harping on today is that these are, um, we should probably stop pouring them down the sink all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Um, well, let's start here, I guess. Uh, how was harvest question mark was, is harvest. Yeah. How is it? How was it? What's the deal? Uh, it still is. Okay. So tomorrow's October 1st. Yeah. I'm about three quarters done. Okay. So I have this like two-ish week break, maybe more, uh, waiting for the late ripening reds to ripen. Mm-hmm. And it's been really cool. The summer in the area of California that I live in, it's been like a record heat year in the Central Valley. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the foothills, closer to like the Sierra. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the coastal regions of California, it's been a really, really cold summer. So um, I'm picking the heavy reds like maybe three weeks or more later this year. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, kind of. Like I, mean, I, I start, I start really early, mm-hmm. August sixth, with um, Central Valley grapes. Okay. And because I work with so many different vineyards in different regions, I just harvest kind of goes on forever. Unlike other people who get a lot at once because they're like just working with their region. So mm-hmm. I'm like all over the map and. I think Come. by two months, we're like pretty much ready to be done, but I have like another month left. So Jesus, God in heaven. Um, <laughs> how many AVAs are you covering? Oh, I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah, um, I, I, you could say any number. I'm trying to think of three <laughs> AVAs. I'm going to guess like seven. That's a, that's many. That would have been my yeah. guess based on looking at your website like 30 minutes ago. Oh, he did research. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good journalist. Um, yeah, Wikipedia I re- I defines margins as. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I, I do kind of want to jump off of that too, actually. Like, um, you know, a lot of the language about your project talks about the name and uses that as a jumping off point to kind of talk about your philosophy. But it is interesting when uh, a young winemaker, if I may call you a young winemaker. Uh, like chooses to, or maybe it's more necessity, and perhaps you can suss that out more. But chooses to work uh, across so many regions, um, and I wonder how much of that is, uh, you know, forethought and, and purposeful. Like I want to uh, kind of cast this wide net and uh, catch all these different um, expressions and all these different climates, or how much of it is the necessity of being a younger winemaker who has to sort of rely on these relationships you're building with different growers. Yeah. Um, I think at the beginning it was more necessity, uh, Mm -hmm. just because like I couldn't afford anything in the region that I live in, which is the Santa Cruz mountains. We mostly grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Yeah, I didn't want to make I didn't want to make that anyway, but also it's like coastal fruit. It's really hard to farm here because of uh, powdery mildew, and we have very very few organic vineyards because of that. So like all of these things were stacked against me, and I was really wanting to make Chenin Blanc um, anyway, and that's what I did when I started. So I was like seeking out Chenin, and I didn't have like no one was taking me under their wing at the beginning of me starting this brand i was 25 when i started and oh my god like no one no one really takes you seriously you know no matter what you're doing at that age and like this was no exception so getting grapes the grapes that i wanted was basically impossible so i ended up getting clarksburg chenin blanc mm-hmm. uh, because that was my only option and then it just turned out to be this really wonderful thing and the person i decided to work with there and I kind of, uh, over the years, have built a big demand for this uh, block of organic Shannon that his family farms in an area that's known for conventional farming. Um, I really like the Shannon. Yeah, I, I, not on purpose, but we happen to be drinking that wine first. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. It, it, I'm going to jump to this, I guess, early, but I, I've been looking through your tech sheets and... Um, 
I really love that you talk about um, how working with with small growers and developing these long term relationships helps. Uh, you sort of put a, a, a fingerprint on um, the development of organic pra- practices, uh, and perhaps that's part of the allure also of casting a wider net. Is that by encouraging more and more growers to kind of go more organic, you're sort of um, helping more and more areas to kind of realize the potential of organic farming. Yeah. And like I was doing it selfishly most of the time, like I just wanted more vineyards (laughs) that I could work with. And it was like up until really, really recently, like maybe the past two years, there was so few organic vineyards that had grapes even available because all of that was contracted out to like the first or second wave of natural wine in California. Like, what what new are you? Are you new, new, or what new, am new, I? new, California? I don't really know, but James, who I shared the winery with mm-hmm. of Flores Wine, says that we're the third wave, so I'm just going to take his word for it. <laughs> best kind of ska. Yeah, best kind of ska, <laughs> best kind of feminism, best kind of coffee. <laughs> so, um, Those are the yeah, only three things. All of those first wave people, and basically all of them being white men also, mm-hmm. um, those are the people that were getting the grapes and they just weren't accessible to someone like me. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's astounding to think about, uh, like me as a mediocre white dude at 25 when I had absolutely no (laughs) skills or, um, uh, drive drive. Yeah. That's the word. Um, attempting to do something of that magnitude but to think that you were 25 when you set out on this project is like absolutely mind-blowing um plus um you know as blink 182 said no one likes you when you're 25 25 it's actually 23 i I do know that i just (laughs) you didn't start the winery when you were 23 so i had to use poetic license if you had a time machine i really would like you to start it when you're 23 so that joke hits a little harder (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, that's like, that's, I mean, it seems like you had the idea that this is what you wanted to do really early on. Yeah. And also, Kevin, don't say that you didn't have goals because I was listening to the podcast today where you say that you were already living in New York, going out and doing cocaine every night (laughs) um, by the time it was 2001. So uh, you were definitely like there for a reason. Yeah, he's like the guy from The Strokes. Yeah, I was just hanging out with the Rapture and just like doing mm-hmm. cool stuff. Um, but thank you for noticing. I was sort of uh, hoping that. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a lot of I had a lot of goals. They were just um, how to do with like who was going to the bathroom when. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, yeah, and when I was thinking about that, I was like, huh, I never, like, I never got to do that world Come and like maybe that's gonna happen to me one day <laughs> i don't know not to new york no i'm kidding um, <laughs> coming to wild world right <laughs> <laughs> yes um okay. anyway i um yeah i've i've always done this and that that's something i wanted to get into later depending on where the conversation goes but i didn't just decide to do this mm-hmm. i i was trained for this and i'm not saying that um everyone has to be trained but Definitely, I wouldn't just start something <laughs> I wasn't trained for. I yeah. guess some people can, can pull that off, but um, I started 
studying wine chemistry when I was 18, uh, right out of high school yeah. at Davis. And um, I went into the wine program. You know, I chose that program when I was still like a senior in high school. So I was always going to do this. Yeah. That's well, it's wild. amazing. Like when I was 18, I went to college to be an actor. And now I host a podcast. So the fact that you made that decision and it was like seemingly the right decision at the time where I think we're all our dumbest is just (laughs) – I was actually having this conversation with a friend of ours who is a lawyer. And I was like, I can't believe you like went to school to be a lawyer and now you're a lawyer. (laughs) But like you decided that when you were 18 years old and now you're 30 and you're like – you're like – you're doing better at life than I am. <laughs> like, I Kevin, guess are you okay, it makes man? sense. You're, you're, you're doing a fucking good job. I, I think, let's give Kevin a round of applause. I'm, I'm, I'm really not searching job. for this, but it does feel good. <laughs> no, I just like, I think, um, I think like when we're talking about, uh, all the things that we're talking about, like, like, like deciding to go and get educated in, in winemaking, um at such a young age and then just going out and doing it it's just like i'm trying to give praise here that like well based on the wine that i'm drinking right now you i think you made a good choice yeah it tastes like you've uh <laughs> you've you learned how to make wine like this is like you know uh yeah i don't not, not to throw like contemporaries under the in fact i won't be doing any of that but like you do taste a lot of uh of younger winemakers and you get wines that are oftentimes incomplete or ideas of what you think they might go to. And you, you taste a lot of potential. Um, and I, I don't think, I mean, I think your wines do have potential, but they don't taste like potential. They taste like a fully realized thing, which is like, I feel like two years ago, I started seeing you on wine lists out here much more. And every time I've had them, it's like, where was she like five years? Like, why didn't I, I taste the awkward phase of these wines, if that makes sense? Yeah. Uh, I think that I still have a lot of inconsistency. Thank you for that compliment, but I'm still, um, yeah, I was thinking about that today when I was like packing up the, the fall release to go out to everybody and thinking about like what could be better and, you know, what I could improve on and, and what I've done well and where I've fallen short and everything. And, um, there's a lot to be said for, for room for improvement, but at the same time, it's just more about like, I made all these things. <laughs> so that's nice. You can't be too disappointed, I guess. Yeah. Like, and of course you're going to get a lot of critiques. I'm sure that I will, but it's like, I don't see you guys making any wine. So <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I made. <laughs> I love it. No, I think, um, I was having a similar thing where I was, um, I used to be in a band and I can't really listen to my own music, but like, uh, someone made my one year old son a t shirt with my band's like logo on it and stuff. And, and my wife put it on him and then like started playing my music for him. And I hadn't listened to my own music in like 10 years. And I was like, oh, this isn't like all that bad. Like, I can tell I wouldn't do it that way now. I've like learned a lot since then. But like, it's cool to be like, well, I but I fucking made it. Like, yeah. no one else did that. <laughs> I released songs that are on Spotify. That's cool. I could be proud and, of myself. GTA Four <laughs> as well. I think it was five, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just like, I love that. I love that um, that mentality of like, you have room to improve still, but you still take the pride in that. Like, I fucking did this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't spend too much time like 
getting down on myself because I like didn't make a great product. I do worry a lot about money, but yeah. it's not, it's not because I don't think I like did a good job. Um, and I want to be clear that I don't think I like, I'm sure people are going to be like, yeah, she didn't learn how to make wine at Davis. And that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I learned first I did that. And then I spent like three years traveling around the world working for tons of different people. Yeah. And then by the time I started margins, I had worked at 12 different vineries in Virginia. Jesus. And that those experiences were, yeah. uh, you know, what taught me how to do this. And I was, I was thinking about like on the drive home, like what I would compare just starting a winery to with no experience. Mm-hmm. And I would say being like, Oh, I want to build a website. I'm going to write some HTML. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let's see what you get. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and some people are going to be like naturally talented at that. Uh-huh. Right. They're going to be able to like, watch a YouTube video or something and just do it. But most people are really going to benefit from years of experience learning from other folks before they start their own. Oddly enough, right? (laughs) I remember uh, when I was a teenager and I had a GeoCities page Uh and uh, I wanted to like... What is the address? (laughs) What is the address? No way it still exists and I do not remember what it was called. But I had a GeoCities page and like I wanted to like add flourishes or whatever you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um and so i would go to other i learned how to like look at the code of pages i liked and i would try to isolate what i thought the code was that made something happen on the page and i would copy it and then paste it on my page and then i'd be like wrong or i'd only have part of the code or something and by trial and error like eventually seven hours later like the cursor would have like little glitter that followed it all around like that for seven hours I worked and that's like all I got. Yeah. Um, so if that was me making wine, it would be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And what if you had like just discover like carbonic? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, like if you had just taken a class where like the first slide was like, here's how to, here's the like one line of code that makes your cursor sparkle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's a very 2002 class. Like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> the nation's reeling we have to learn how to make the sparkler happen (laughs) um i do want to go back to talk about um money i want to talk about money yeah wow john i love talking about money it's like we finish each other's there's sandwiches yeah um because uh i think it's something that we talk about on this podcast a lot uh money not sandwiches we honestly should probably talk more about sandwiches, but um, yeah, I was thinking that you can't buy sandwiches without money. So, full circle. Um, no, we talk. I think there's there's so much to talk about. So much that doesn't get talked about in terms of money and access and capital and um, gatekeeping and how they're all tied together in wine. And I think can we just start with like the really basic thing? Yeah, please. These bottles of wine are I they're about 30 bucks on the shelf in New York City, give or take. Um how much of that do you make? Um I don't know. It's so complicated to figure out um product by product. There I think their cost make? is is it are we allowed to reveal what their cost is? Is that is that biting the hand that feeds? Oh, I don't no, know. I don't care. They're they're 20 bucks cost. Um, yeah. so you probably don't sell them for 20 bucks. No, no, I don't. No. <laughs> uh, I, sell them, I sell them for 10. Yeah. Fuck. 
So for that wine, um, that's mm -hmm. the most affordable wine that I yeah. make. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, there's, there's reasons, there's yes. reasons why. And like, I still, I still make money on that, but mm -hmm. I've tried with a bookkeeper to try to break down the cost per product. And mm -hmm. of course we have COGS cost of goods sold, mm -hmm. but that doesn't include so many of the costs, you know, that's just mm -hmm. like the bottle and the labels and the grapes. Right. Yeah. But like, all yeah. of the other billions of things that went into it, like there's some time that you don't make money on um mm -hmm. depending on like what their production was but most of the ones you make s some money it's not like there's not money involved it's just the path to getting that money is is a very long process many years something that you've been kind of outspoken about on instagram um have been like the role of the distributor um and um uh, specifically uh how that kind of prevents uh, people from getting money in a way um uh, this is Nagatcha. Um, your, your New York distributor um, you like um, and is, by all intents and purposes, doing a great job. So I assume you're speaking about different distributors. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, how does that work? Because you, you would you mentioned that if people want to support you, they should buy direct from you. Yeah. So I'm very pro-distributor. There are some people who are, you know, on Instagram because that, that's, that's a platform that we have for now mm -hmm. to communicate with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, anti-distributor, but mm -hmm. I could never sell all the wine that I produce. And I'm so grateful to the distributors. And I also mm -hmm. am not a salesperson and I don't have a very social personality and mm -hmm. I don't enjoy, I don't want to go sell my wine. I don't, as much as I'm enjoying talking to you too, uh, I don't enjoy talking <laughs> to groups of people um, very much. It's just very, very scary for me. I'd like to talk to a couple of people or, or no one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, Talking um, to no one rules. <laughs> just like in the shower, as a like, person, I fucking said that. As a, no, as a, as a salesperson who like job is to go and fucking talk to people all day. When I have like thirty minutes to just not say a word, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, mm, it's like chef's kiss. It's so nice. Yeah. Um. So I think the distributors are very necessary. However, mm -hmm. there's no reason that if someone likes your wine that they can't buy your spring release six bottles mm -hmm. or three bottles mm -hmm. or whatever from you and then also continue to support you by buying bottles from their local wine shop or restaurant or whatever uh, so it's both but yeah. you know we make the reason why it matters is just because you know i make instead of ten dollars per bottle twenty six dollars per bottle mm -hmm. Huge. Um, and yeah that's a really big difference so in order to have like a viable business business um as a small winery like me who's just one person uh most of the time you can either you know have a bunch of wholesale and mm -hmm. keep growing your production or you can have a smaller amount of production and do a larger percentage of direct consumer through mm -hmm. a, a website or wine club versus wholesale and i'm hovering somewhere in the middle i'm not like quite what, where i'd like to be with with direct to consumer, but it just takes such a long time to build that. And yeah, it sounds hard. Um, I'm not the right. <laughs> I, I like my, I want to be clear. I like myself, <laughs> but I know, <laughs> I know that I'm not the right person. I'm not like a, a brand evangelist for myself, mm -hmm. the way that I see, you know, some of my colleagues or whatever um, are great at preaching how great they are. 
And well, it's funny because it's not people believe them. <laughs> it's not technically in the job description. You know what I mean? It's like no. Um, I think of like the the Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, just because you're good at telling jokes doesn't mean you'll be a good actor. And it's like it's like asking a chef, like, okay, you're good at cooking, but can you farm? Uh-huh. And it's like there's all these times in our lives where like you're to do a certain job that you're really good at, you also have to do these sort of unrelated in terms of talent side jobs. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like if you want to own a small business, you could be a really good business owner, but you have absolutely no idea how to do social media marketing or, um, you know, whatever else. The, the example here being like you can be an incredible farmer and winemaker. Uh, and then it's like, how do I sell it? So like, yeah, to your point, there's like there's obviously benefits to having this system in some way where there are channels for getting it out. But I think your point that like, again, I think of, of the music industry because when I used to go to shows, when there wasn't um, death all around us, it, I would go (laughs) and, uh, and if I liked the band, I would buy a t-shirt and they never had my size. I'm a big guy. Uh, but that wasn't the reason I was buying the t-shirt. It was cause I knew like they were just getting a small amount of money for playing this show, but they were getting all the money from the t-shirt I bought Mm -hmm. and I would give it to, you know, whatever my girlfriend or my friend or a dog I met or something. And it didn't matter. Like the shirt was out there, but it was like about like, it was like my way of tipping the band because I wanted to support them because I really liked their music, especially in like a Spotify world where no one buys albums anymore. It's like, you find ways to support the band in a different way. And I feel that what you're saying is sort of akin to that where by buying directly from you, it's like, okay, I want to let you know, like I actually really, really dug this and I want you to get a little bit extra of the cut next time I drink this bottle. Yeah. And also like people, I think people don't have a good grasp on how close we are to failure all the time. Like, <laughs> if people don't buy the wine, margins fails. Because, yeah. and I, that's what I was ranting about <laughs> the other week on Instagram was just like, everyone's buying behavior is different now. And mm-hmm. like, I've never sold so little wine direct uh, since I've been the presence that I have nationwide before. And I was just like, dude, like, I know you guys are going to be if the time comes where I have to put up a GoFundMe saying like this company is about to go bankrupt, unless you guys support me, everyone's going to be like, Oh no, like let's help you. But it's like, that's all of us all the time. It's it's like restaurants. (laughs) I feel like it's, you you know, you're a a one couple bad weeks away from having to close it up, which is terrifying. Yeah. My parents owned restaurants and the most recent restaurant they owned, they closed three or four years ago. And my mom will always talk about how um, they announced they were closing like in a month. And people would stop my mom in the grocery store and be like, I can't believe that you guys are closing. We love your restaurant. <laughs> and my mom would be like, well, I haven't seen you in eight months. <laughs> you have not been in my restaurant in so long that I forget your name. Like, if you really loved us and if you're that upset that we're leaving, like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and that's super valid. I mean, like. We live in this capitalist society, and the only way we can kind of support each other is by participating in it intelligently, the best that we can when we can, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, 
Your Chenin Blanc, by the way, uh, absolutely delicious. Um, and so we are. I've, I'm starting to move on to the rosé. I don't know if you have, John. The rosé is great. Yeah. I really like the rosé. Um, this is this is the Mouved rosé. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> and you were nervous about this one, and uh, you're such a, you're so silly. The wine's great. I wasn't nervous. I was just uh, because I've said that rosé is dumb, and the reason is because um, obviously everyone loves the taste of rosé. I like it. Mm-hmm. But, like, so I make a red wine with those grapes, and mm-hmm. I can either choose to make very little money by making it a rosé, or I can mm-hmm. use the exact same grapes and do basically the exact same amount of work, and it's going to cost, you know, $14 more per case for wholesale. So, And that's um, just because of the nature of what people expect to pay for a rosé versus what they yeah. expect to pay for – oh, interesting. And, like, I'm not – that rosé costs $26. I think a rosé for $30 is just – I don't know. I don't have any money. I didn't like grow up with a ton of money. So $30 to me is like a lot. Like mm-hmm. I don't usually buy wines that even cost $30. Um, so Can if someone you was like, drink your own wines. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, well, yeah, cause they're free to me. <laughs> okay. But like sometimes winemakers give me this ring of a roll about like, uh, uh, because like they're, they're already sold, but do, can you only drink your own? What, what is it like to be a winemaker? Is the real question I'm asking. Like, because you, you're you're swimming. You have so much wine, but every bottle is something that hypothetically you could sell. Um, how do you get drunk? <laughs> Alone. <laughs> Hell yeah, King. Same. The only good and proper way. Um. Yeah, I was thinking. That's funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that too. Like, what wines? do I drink? And yeah, I, I would say I buy, I buy a lot less wine than everyone that I know. Mm. I don't buy wine. If I do, I buy from other producers in California. that are in a similar situation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. as me. And I don't really care what wine I'm getting. I'm not buying their wine. Cause I necessarily think it's delicious. A lot of times it is. I'm buying their wine because I know how hard what they're doing is. And I don't want them to go out of business and whatever I get from them, I get, but like, I don't, I'm not into wine in that way. Like I can't, I don't know how to pronounce French, even though I worked there. Like I don't speak any French. I'm, I'm just as afraid as the average person to like order French wine in a restaurant and like, don't know what to say. And like, in my head, I know where it is, but I don't know how to pronounce it. And I don't want the person judging me. And so like, and that same thing kind of applies when I'm, I'm at a wine shop or something. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really buy a lot of wine. Mm. If I do, I'll like go buy, I would say I buy two cases of wine per year. Um, oh my. Wow. just like in, in a wine shop yeah. and I'll go and I'll buy like six to 10 bottles all between 20 and $30. Um, but otherwise I'm drinking my wine or I'm drinking, wow, uh, wine. yeah, wines of, <laughs> wines of friends that, yeah. like I said, I'll like buy a three pack. Like I, I still can't believe. So the the thing that sells best on the website is like a mixed six pack. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. people can buy six bottles of wine. That is crazy. <laughs> like people are so generous. Since the <laughs> pandemic, people are just like, people are going fucking buck wild in this alcohol or some shit. It's like <laughs> they it's were. really cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe it tapered off now. I I do want to think. I'm gonna go back to this because uh, I just started having more thoughts about it and like. When you um, started, when you're 18, 
and you decide that you are going to go to UC Davis. What was what was the reasoning? Were you a wine fan at that point? Were you did you know that you wanted to farm are you and from a wine family? You knew that wine was a way to 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 farm and make a product that people would buy or like what was the where did the spark come from there? I think no one really knows what they're doing at 18, <laughs> right? And it's all sort of arbitrary. And in my case, um, I had a boyfriend that was like four years older than me. And so he was over 21 and he and I brewed a lot of beer together. We mm-hmm. were really oh, cool. like, I buy a lot of beer. I would say I'm just like slightly more interested yes. in, in beer yes. than I am. The, the, in wine. The, the sub, the subtitle of this season is like, it takes a lot of beer to make wine. That's the, <laughs> we're going to talk about that a lot probably. Um, so he and I were like getting into brewing and he was like, we should start a joint winery brewery. And I was like, that is a great idea. Yeah, like, let's get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I am 18. Like, we're you, definitely getting married. Like, <laughs> your family owns a plane. So, like, this is possible. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, that's why I went to Davis. Wow. Um, originally. And then, of course, we broke up. Sad, very sadly. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so I had to, like, find reasons to stay in that program. Yeah. Um, and I was already, like, almost halfway through by that point. So, by that time I was like, yeah, I definitely want to work outside. And I'm also like seeing my friends who got English degrees graduate <laughs> college and that with no prospects. And so I have an English minor. I love Jesus. English. That's like what I'm really interested in. Uh, so I was like, I uh, can't study English. I need a job. I mean, I need a degree that's going to like lead me directly to a job. Yeah. And wine- that's crazy that winemaking is because in, in New York, wine wine is for people who failed everything else. And like, ah, I guess I'll sell wine. And like, in in a, a wine region, of course, it's it's a real job in an industry. That's so crazy. Yeah, um, but I wasn't interested in wine at all, and I'm still mm-hmm. not interested in wine the way that like what's really big in California right now is like people who have sold wine or worked in restaurants being like, Oh, I'm really into wine. I think I'll start a wine label. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I'm not that into wine. Like I'm only doing this because like, I love farming and I know a lot about this. And like, I like, I love working outside and I like the physical labor and I like the practice and the, the life practice that it's yeah. given me. You get to live super cyclically, you know, like busy time of year. And then, totally shut down with the seasons and then every month means something different. And, and I love that also. And that's why I think I like stuck with it. It's absolutely remarkable that someone who's not that into wine in your words has made wine this fucking good. Cause this is um, beautiful. (laughs) This rosé is is incredible. Like I didn't drink. I think I drank two bottles of rosé all summer. John, you and I have talked about this. Like, Mm I don't know what happened, but I just like didn't drink any rosé all of a sudden. And now the um, summer's over, and I want rosé. Now I want it so badly; it's like all I'm craving. Oh, it's like the fall of rosé for me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about turning that into like my personality for a while. Um, but it this this is absolutely gorgeous, and I it's also I had never thought about the consequences of deciding to turn grapes that could be worth more into something that's worth less and the sort of uh, algebra 
of what that means as a as like a total brand of being like, well, I need to have a rosé to be a fully fleshed brand, so I'll take this mm-hmm. red and turn it into a rosé, even though it's worth less. Maybe it's like a lost leader. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of economics of winemaking where I start to really be like, fuck, this is like such a complicated system. And yeah. and that's just that's just the part that you have control over. You know what I mean? And then it goes into this three-tier system where everything becomes even more bonkers and it's like And it's all cool. And everything's cool. And then me and John go out and hang out with our friends and go like, Oh man, have you had this really cool wine? And everyone loves us. Or everyone loves I mean us. that's the ideal situation, right? But then <laughs> I think about all the time, all the all the times that people are opening the wine and being like, This is so disappointing. <laughs> and throwing it down the drain or like being like oh i expected better from her or something oh, and like how quickly that like all the work that went into that and how quickly that is negated yeah, and it's yeah. like if anyone that feels that way and, and anyone in general i just i try to invite people obviously who are more local uh to to come to the winery for a day and just see like see what it took just that day you know to to produce that bottle and like perhaps you didn't like that one vintage of that one wine but especially with the type of wine that that we're into or or that i make like Mm -hmm. just because it was that way that one vintage doesn't mean it's ever going to be that way again so you can like that's kind of the cool part of supporting natural wine producers is like oh you didn't like something well you get to just like try again anew every year and that's not a good reason to like not support someone that's been my favorite part of selling natural wine. And I work for a book in New York that sells natural wine, more conventional wine, the whole gamut. Um, and the the joy for me is always when the new vintage comes in is the wines that are on the natural end of the spectrum. Um, experiencing that kind of, oh, I didn't like this wine last year, but this year like they nailed it or like this year – whatever the climatic conditions were right for it to be a wine that I like or whatever it may be like, um, and, and ride that wave in that kind of way. Uh, it's just like such a, such like a, a a joyful part of, of the job and of the industry for me is Mm -hmm. to experience that sort of cyclical nature of, of the wine. Yeah. I I, I have a quick question because Kevin and I have we've we have a, a weird ethic about this. We only say we only talk shit about wine if the people making it are very rich. Um, <laughs> if 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 hardworking people are making the wine and we don't like it, we don't say much about it. Is I think our vibe, but like, and I I I I do think that that's definitely an ideal we're working to. That there is no reason to um, use any kind of influence to. To hurt someone who's like doing a good job, right. but I, I do wonder what the role is of wine criticism because we we have talked because you, you mentioned that you know if you don't like the wine wait till next year or see how much works in it, mm-hmm. and I I think I agree, but like is there a way to judge wine or a way to talk about wine critically while still like um or is it just so fucking is it just so fucking bad is it, you don't say anything about it like do, do you not. It's kind of like how Pete Wells, up until recently, wasn't giving stars. And he's not giving stars. He just fucking ethered EMP. Um, <laughs> said it was a restaurant for um, thieves and vagrants yeah, or something. Yeah, it was really like, cool. <laughs> like, it, 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 how do you say you don't like something? Is there a way of doing it? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I say all the time I don't like this wine, but you have to keep buying it. <laughs> <laughs> we do, personally. I mean, I'm in that relationship with a lot of wines, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I, I think that's how you get around it. Like, if you support the producer and you like mm-hmm. some of their wines and, and you like what they're doing and want them to keep doing it, like, it's too bad you didn't like it. Like, I don't like every salad or order i order at a restaurant but i eat it and i go back you know that is so fucking true actually and like (laughs) i was trying to think of the last time i disliked something that i ordered to eat so much that i refused to continue eating it and it's like maybe been years like it's probably something that (laughs) like had a bunch of mayonnaise on it and i hate mayonnaise and i just was like nah, i'm not even gonna pretend to like that mayonnaise other than that, you and I ate so much mayonnaise this summer, man. I don't know where you get no, off on this one. Me. That was a different guy. Uh, yeah, that's like so true. Uh, I don't know. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and so, I, I kind of dovetailing with this, actually, uh, I have some questions from the fans. Ooh. I want to talk about smoke taint. Um, specifically, uh, Man, it's been fucked up in California for um, a while now. Um, and uh, Kevin and I have the philosophy of we don't talk about smoke taint. If there's smoke taint present in a wine, we shut the fuck up because that is like – I don't – we don't it, – it's not – that's not something you criticize. That's out of everyone's hands. That's like – that's the earth doing this. Well, <laughs> um, it's not, not the earth. <laughs> It's the little critters that live on the earth called humans. Yeah, it's it's out of hand. How has – what do you do – have you had wines that have smoke presence and what do you do about it? Um, yeah, definitely, especially last year. Um, I made the wines anyway in, in all circumstances. I know a lot of people decided to like just make rosé mm-hmm. and everything, but um, I think I heard you say it on one of the previous podcasts of like, smoke that year was part of the terroir mm-hmm. yeah. And, oh, yeah we don't um, believe in terroir but yeah that's true <laughs> yeah i mean don't even get me started on that but um let's go on i i think that yeah the same thing applies like sorry you didn't like the taste of smoke in that 750 milliliters like i still had to make that it's still pretty good for compared to what it could have been and like the whole world was on fire, and like in my case, um, more than nine hundred homes in the neighborhood that I live in burned down Jesus last Christ year in Christ. Santa Cruz, and uh, I was evacuated from my house for seven weeks uh, during all of harvest. So that was like heavily on my mind, and um, like in one of the cases. This wine's about to come out. So this is a great example. Um, I'll talk about this. So on my 2020 Sangiovese, we picked during a forest fire where I just lied to get past the roadblock and said I had a trailer. And I was like, oh, my aunt like lives back there and need to evacuate some farm equipment. Um, and then we went in with a skeleton crew and picked this these grapes and just hoped for the best. Uh, and then when we got back to the winery it was probably like 10 or 11 at night because it took so long to pick because there's barely any of us and then we have to make like the wine that night especially because it was smoky and i didn't want to leave it sitting so um the the grapes were covered in ash and in a few vineyards last year i brought like a blower and blew the ash off but in this vineyard like 
I don't have my own blower. And like, yeah. they didn't have a blower and the logistics were so complicated because everything was on fire. And so we just, the fact that we even got in there to pick it was, it was like a miracle. And, um, that's the San Giovese that we are, that we have, right? It's not. That's okay. 2019. Um, got it. so got this it. is 2020. Uh, and, and the owner of that vineyard just said, let's pick it and you don't have to pay me at all. If like, it doesn't turn out, but let's see if we can make something do you, out do of you it. Do you hold your wines back for two years? Um, no, no, the 2020 Sangio will be out in the next like couple weeks. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, but I ended up washing those grapes. They were the only grapes that I washed, uh, to get the ash off. And again, because it was 10 or 11 at night, it was just me and my partner and exhausted. We've been picking grapes since 6am and our water at the winery has like an old watery smell. (laughs) And that wine has <laughs> more so than smoke taint an overpowering mustiness <laughs> um, to the point where a bunch of people have been like, I think this is corked. And I just added a note on the website for that wine that says Italian basement, like, because <laughs> that wine is not corked. <laughs> I'm like, that wine is musty because this is all part of the story of what into went into that wine. Yeah. And I don't really care if the people are like, mm, I'm not liking this. Like, like you weren't there. Yeah. Like you didn't oh, see wow. what it took to make that wine. And it's not like I chose for this wine to be this way, but like this was the best circumstance, like the best possible outcome of the circumstance. And I'm just grateful that like I made this and I get to sell it to you. <laughs> And please support me because it took time and money to make this. And you literally like risked your life to pick the <laughs> fucking grapes. I mean, that's insane. And you lied to the police, which is illegal. Very, very and cool. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm deputized by the United States government. So this is a citizen's arrest, I'm afraid. Um, so you're fucked. I think yeah, you... the statute of limitations is passed. <laughs> I'm afraid not. No, no. There's John's it, got the special offense. Elvis badge. <laughs> it lets me do cocaine with animals. I was going to say Italian basement does sound like a word that you say under your breath to somebody if you want to go do cocaine with them somewhere. <laughs> Italian basement. Yeah, a little okay. Italian basement. A little uh, nose disco. Um, yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I have never done cocaine. Please do not. Come to Wild it's World. Come to Wild World. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Do not am I, do am I the only person in natural wine that's never done cocaine? <laughs> Probably, That's, but that gives me think, all the more reason to stand on my horse. I, I think a lot of the French people joke about it. They're like, uh, I do cocaine all the time, man. But they, they really, you're not getting good cocaine in the fucking, in like Nice. No, like, get out of no here, way. mate. They like smoke not, some hashish once. They're doing baby powder. <laughs> I'm also just like not convinced how cool it actually is to it do is cocaine. not Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God damn it, John. Um, <laughs> we got to yes and each other better. <laughs> I, yeah, I was saying yes, and it's very cool, and I want some. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so where where I was going with that was that I made that red wine the same way that I would have made any red wine, right. because of all the shit and that it took the risk and everything that it took to even get those grapes. I wasn't just gonna press them into rosé. I was like, right. gonna try to make the wine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just had a sip of your Sangiovese right now, and I was reading Raj Parr um, last night. Uh, 
he was talking about how no one likes Sangiovese, even sommeliers, and mm. like how difficult it is. Mm. It's so funny to have it right now. I'm like, this is fucking great. Well, thank you. The wine that you're drinking, I'm not sure that I've ever had. Really? Yeah. So I don't. Wow. Because I don't hold any bottles back at all yet. Like some people are like, hold, I'm holding these back from my cellar. I'm like, I need the fucking money. And yeah. like, I don't really have a cellar and I'd much rather have the like $500 or whatever than <laughs> save the wine. So. That's nuts. Because I've, sometimes I've seen winemakers drinking their own wine at bars in New York City. And I'm like, everything's a brand with you. But maybe it's <laughs> they didn't get a chance to taste it. That's so that fucking probably weird. probably is. Yes, they probably didn't have a chance to taste it. And like, I would love to, if I saw that wine, I would probably order it too, just to see like how it's doing. Do you want us to mail you some? <laughs> no, I'll just get it when I'm there. <laughs> okay, okay. Wild world. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. John's correct. Um, Great. Yeah, so what is what is your experience, other than in 2020, growing uh, or, or picking and making wine with Sangiovese? Do you find it to be a difficult grape to work with? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't know that people didn't like it. I didn't really either, to be honest. <laughs> I think Raj was going wild. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I, I love Sangiovese. It's like the best grape. But he was like, no one likes Sangiovese. Everyone likes Nebbiolo. I'm like, well, for, you can like both. Um, <laughs> I guess that is a good point that like Nebbiolo is the cooler grape. Like it's the cool kid grape. But Sangiovese mm-hmm. actually, Sangiovese is the one that's actually cool, but like isn't making a big deal about it. Sangiovese does all the things Nebbiolo says it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I am making Nebbiolo this year. Whoa, Nebbiolo is cool too. Okay, um, Where so, is, where's the Nebbiolo from? Um, it's from San Benito County. Okay. Um, no one knows where that is. So nope. it's I was like, pretending I knew by saying, "Oh, okay." Ian gets uh, grapes out there. He, he does. It's kind of this. Um, it's like in the Central Coast, sort of. San Benito County touches uh, Monterey County. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. Santa Clara County, and then it's really close to Santa Cruz County also. I'm not sure if they touch. I don't think they do. Um, so it's only like 45 minutes-ish from like the ocean, but mm-hmm. it's in kind of past a mountain range, so it gets significantly warmer out there during the day, but it still gets a lot of coastal influence, like fog at night and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's still hanging at really low bricks, just wow. waiting, just waiting to ripen. So we'll see. See how that goes. Um, I have a I have a wine question that just came to me. You said that you don't like you don't drink a lot of wine, or you, um, and that you you don't you don't super duper love wine. I think is um I don't want, I won't put words in your mouth, <laughs> but something of that. How do you and you're in California where almost anything that can grow does grow, so you're spoiled for choice. Mm. How do you decide what you want to make? Um. Because if you don't have a lot that you're drinking and like something that you're inspired by, is it like where do these wines come from? Because these don't taste like someone who doesn't drink. They, they, they taste like someone who drinks a lot of wine. They taste like they have clear influences and they taste like they're going places. So how do you decide what to do? Is it, is this all like off the dome? Yeah. Um, I think that I, I do like wine. Um, mm-hmm. I do drink a lot of wine. I just – like I said, like it's, I made it or, uh, cause I love drinking. Um, so I'm definitely <laughs> drinking something. Uh, so 
either I made it or uh, one of those friends that I am interested in supporting made it. Um, but one of the advantages to having worked for so many different people is that there was a time when I got to taste amazing wines all the time. And I feel like I was inspired by that and haven't forgotten. It's just mm -hmm. like, I don't have any money. Um, or it, the money that I do have right now, I just started paying myself on salary in May. So it's only been, you know, four and a half months. And prior to that, for the three years before it, I only made $1,000 a month. Um, yeah. So I paid rent. And then uh, my business pays for gas. And then I was on mm -hmm. food stamps. And then I had like an extra 150 to $200 a month for like emergencies. So oh, there was damn. just like no, there was no room for that. And yeah. I guess I just haven't gone back into the habit of being able to do that yet. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I do. I do feel like I, I've tasted those wines and a lot of these varietals like friends are working with in California. Mm -hmm. So maybe I've had theirs and, that's a lot more valuable than like drinking Nebbiolo from Italy. Cause like mine's not going to be anything like right. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, how does like, what are they doing? Like maybe I like some of the aspects of how they're working with it, but I'm like, Oh, I think I could do this thing differently that like I might like better and like, let's see if I can do it. And that's sort of how I decide I, I, try to work with lesser known regions or varietals. So that already eliminates so many other possibilities. And then you really didn't want us to drink one of your Pinots tonight. <laughs> well, there's a reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll get to it in a second. Um, and then oh, shoot, where was I? Anyway, working with marginal grapes. Yeah. Working with marginal grapes. And then also, um, having the need to work with organic vineyards or with vineyards where the manager's willing to convert them to organics. Yeah. Um, so the, that's, that's just so, so few things fall into that category. So really what I make has kind of been determined for me. Yeah. Just I'm making almost everything that I've ever been offered. I've said yes to. Right. Hmm. Jesus. I'm. I really like this. There's. I. I keep trying to figure out what this tastes like because every once in a while we do conventional wide podcast things. Like I'm getting brambleberries and Snorlax on it, but I, <laughs> I. I don't. I don't know what a fucking. It, it, it's very. Um. And this is the next question I have for you: Is what is your favorite Pokemon? Um. That came. That came via DMs. Do you have a favorite Pokemon? Oh, I feel bad. No. No, I was very anti. It's funny you say join the club because what I was going to say was I've always been very anti club of all sorts. <laughs> and in third grade, 1998, when Pokemon was really, really big and everyone was like collecting cards, it was the yo yo times. I was like, mm -hmm. I do not want to be part of this. Like, this is just a fad. And it's not so, a fad. Yeah, it's still like Pokemon. We're on opposite sides of it. the age spectrum, but similar attitudes towards Pokemon. Which is it's dumb and not cool. It's not as cool as like Pogs were when I was younger. Um, definitely. So, so now I just want you to imagine. Um, let's say that uh, 
you know, um, have you seen the movie Die Hard? Um, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I I know basically nothing about normal people's version of pop culture. Okay. Imagine I was tied up by a robber baron and he's throwing me in front of a train. And he's not going to let me go unless you name three Pokemon. Uh, and the train's bearing down. You've got ten seconds. Charizard? What are the three? Okay, wow, keep going. that's actually pretty um, deep. That's one. Keep going. Oh, God, Puffle, the train's about to Puffle, hit me. Puffle, Puffle, Puffle? Nope. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's, that's a, a Harry Pokemon. Potter. That's, that's a, a Harry Potter. Potter. No. Pikachu. Keep, Pikachu. Yes, okay, that's two. That's two. That's two. Oh, my God, I can see the train lights. I, I'm thinking about dying. Um, <laughs> I don't, don't want to die. I really want to live. Oh, no. Oh, the Jigglypuff. Say Jigglypuff. Oh, that's what I meant by Hufflepuff. Yeah. Okay. I, I get out oh, in the nick of time. The robber baron gives me a big kiss. It turns out it was just a BDSM thing and we're fun. <laughs> it was consensual kink. Um, and there we are. Thank you. Um, you did great. You did great. Uh, I have a marriage proposal from an Australian for you. Ooh, which um, one? Um, Ella. Dang. Uh, she, she owns Native Drops. In um in, in in the Surrey Hills, mate, in Sydney, <laughs> she's great. She's I'll 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 put you guys in touch. In fact, um, and then um uh, dovetailing with that, I have questions about um what your experience as a female winemaker are and what challenges you faced. Oh um yeah, I mean everything everything you would think. Um, Jesus, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I feel different about this now than I used to uh, when I had people in charge of me. Now that I'm in charge of me, uh, I get to just be like, I'm not going to do this. And then I just leave or I don't go to the event in the first place just because I know how I'm going to feel there. And, um, you know, it is, it's very subtle, but it is the goal of a lot of the folks to make me and others like me, feel as unwelcome as possible in those spaces. Uh, And they've succeeded. And instead of going and being like, I'm unwelcome, uh, which is what I used to do and torture Mm -hmm. myself. Now I'm like, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to be around people who respect me and, maybe like me and and people who I respect and, or just go be alone and just do the things that, that I care about. But uh, in the olden days, I guess the olden days of yore three years ago, um, when I still worked for other people before you were famous. No, no. Um, Before I had enough, before I had the thousand dollars a month prior to that, I paid myself $300 a month for two years. That's not really enough money to pay a person. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> That's what I paid me. And then I had worked for other people. Jesus. Um, so during those times when I was like at the mercy of others, those were hard times because yeah, you, you, everyone wants, not everyone. Cause I, I don't feel this way, but most people have this desire to exclude people for the purpose of feeling their own power and Mm -hmm. uh, the most lame and unoriginal target would be to exclude the female winemaker. And those people aren't that original. Uh, So that's what they do. Been done. Come on. Think of something Mm -hmm. new. Yeah. There's cooler things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just like, 
you know, the, and, and this isn't over. Like things are kind of on pause just because of uh, COVID and we haven't been to groups and events in the same capacity that we were before. But like there's still wine fairs where there's only like, I'll, I sometimes go just to calculate how many women are there. And at the last one, it was 6% of the people pouring were women. <laughs> And that's like an insulting number. <laughs> that's like that's not even like the thirty percent that like corporate America can fucking put together. Um, and then there's like certain newsletters that I responded to being like, Why don't you ever highlight women winemakers? Every week you send a newsletter and it's exclusively men. Mm. And like at least that I've seen, like I also tally that. You would think I'd have better things to do, but nope. Uh, so like I <laughs> save those things and then at the end of a year I'll go through and count and there's usually um, two to three per year that are solo women that aren't with their husbands. Right. And then I've written emails to the powers that be nice ones too. And they're like, sorry, um, we care more about highlighting winemakers we love, not winemakers based on their gender. Yeah, that's like, cool. Okay. <laughs> I wonder why you sure. love those winemakers. I wonder <laughs> if there's like a system that has been in place since the dawn of man that would like perpetuate this idea that the best wines happen to be made by men. I don't know. It couldn't possibly yeah, be true. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I, I have a very, I, I'm, I'm going to cancel myself right here. Um, I, I, which is, I think Thank that God. if you're not like, I, you know, I think it's if you don't like female musicians or female writers or female artists of any stripe, you're a fucking idiot. But especially wine, because there is absolutely no fucking reason that whatever gender the person who's making it, there's no bearing on the fucking wine itself. If you can't think of a fucking female winemaker you respect, it's like I can imagine someone so out of touch and stupid that they can't identify with a, a book written by a female writer. They're a terrible person, but like I can imagine this person. But if you taste a wine and it's like, I think a woman made this, you should be executed. I mean, if you say it in a mean way, if you say it in a nice way, then <laughs> you should you should get an extra life like Mario. But like, it's just like such a fucking like the, the way female winemakers are, are excluded. It's it's just patriarchy. Like, there's not even the artistic veneer. You know, there's not even like the oh, we can't possibly understand. It's like. There's there's no possible way of doing it other than you're a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, I I think what we see in our um in our well, I think a girl made this. <laughs> what the fuck? In our natural wine circle, I, I think it's just that uh, there's this idea amongst men, of course, that like women aren't cool, like only men are cool, and what and like in the traditional sense of cool. Right. And and like and I definitely feel that way when I'm at natural wine events. I'm like, no one wants to talk to me. Not when I'm next to so and so, dude. Like mm. he exudes the coolness of his presence. And like whether or not it's because women have been socialized to downplay themselves or mm-hmm. um in my case, I'm just so freaking nervous that I can't relax. So, yeah, like, yeah. the cool parts of me aren't coming out. Like, I feel like I reaffirm 
those stereotypes over and over, which is part of why I don't really like to do events or talk I, to people. <laughs> the fact that people think that... Are you having a fun time right now? Yes. Okay, Thank you. The <laughs> fact that anyone thinks that any winemaker is cool... Like, I've met a lot of winemakers. Wine podcasters, very Wine cool. podcasters are cool. Sales Super people cool. are really cool. Winemakers, total Wine. dorks. <laughs> Every single one. Even that cool French one that you're thinking of, actually a dork. <laughs> And yeah, and like, there's there's all of these. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, that and yes, that, that's are. just what I was gonna say. Of mm-hmm. like, also like women aren't uh, at events and stuff, or, or where the public would see us, um, we're not as likely to be super fucked up. Like, we're not the ones mm-hmm. doing coke in the bathroom all the time. I'm not saying there aren't exceptions. Like, I know some, but um, mm-hmm. and we're not shit faced drunk a lot of times because someone could attack us yeah and um also like it's harder to talk and sound intelligent when you've been drinking and Mm -hmm. for the same reason that i just said uh i don't like i like to drink alone because i feel like i i'm expected to not know what i'm talking about And if I go into a situation like that and I say even the slightest wrong thing or don't seem like I don't know what I'm talking about, the person in their head's like, oh, she reaffirmed exactly what I thought. Never going to talk to her again. Like, and I don't want to prove them right, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm not usually the fun one because I'm typically sober at events (laughs) so that I can maintain you know, a good reputation or just like have people respect me and then not be afraid. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That makes like a scary amount of sense, but it's also like something yeah. I hadn't really thought of before. Um, it's not a sucks. fun calculation. Yeah. yeah. But like also the truth is that like, even as a person who has felt, who has had the privilege of like getting drunk at those events, um, <laughs> most of them do suck. <laughs> Even when you're doing the quote unquote fun things, like I don't know, there's there's so much. I'd rather be drinking with my dog. There's so much pressure at those events to be cool or to be seen with the cool people or to drink the cool bottle or like, oh, did you go to table fifty seven? So and so took out a bottle and like, and then like. I always end up feeling like it's all a big show that everyone's yeah. putting on and like you're you're like rushing to participate in it and uh and you're taking pictures and I'm guilty of this and put, posting it to Instagram so everyone knows I'm at the cool thing and I saw the cool bottle and I'm with the cool people and it's so divorced from the reality of what winemaking is it's like yeah. to go back to my statement it's like an entirely different language entirely different job than winemaking and somehow we've tied it together um and it's i often feel like really depressed after wine events like that because i'm like i feel like empty like like an emptiness sort of you know i do uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I don't go. Yeah, understandably. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I just want to say I thought you were too cool for us, so I was actually really surprised you were here. Oh my God. So, um, I, I don't even know what that says about my coolness level. And I also, um, I did just want to say that um, for your your Australian wedding proposal is uh, that was 
actually a very nice and very generous thing and you should consider moving to australia because it sounds like a much better place <laughs> than this fucking country <laughs> i'm from um, new zealand so oh I, did you did you like it no <laughs> was it before the hobbit or after the hobbit post hobbit okay <laughs> i think yeah i think the hobbit ruined it you know before that was indie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so I just wanted to address the Pinot Noir thing so that people don't think I'm hiding something. The reason I didn't want to talk about it was just because um, it's not marginal. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, fair, 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 fair. The reason that I make it is because I farm that vineyard and I spend my free time in that vineyard and I love it so much. And um, we grow, uh, me and Larry, the owner of the vineyard, he's in his 70s. We do all the work together. We don't use a crew at all. Um, So we farm Pinot Noir and Cab Franc and Merlot. Um, but, so that's why I make Pinot Noir. Otherwise, I would not. But like, that's pretty special that you actually are like in there and working on it. And it feels like it's like... Do you have a different label for it? Like um, normal wine <laughs> instead of marginal? Or like um, uh, c- central? What's the opposite of I was marginal? trying to think of that. Within the lines. Yeah. Mm. Good? <laughs> not yet. Um, I do want to taste it. I'll have to taste it some other time. Um, the Sangiovese—that's me banging the cord. The Sangiovese is really good. It's super fucking meaty. Oh, great! Yeah, okay. it's it's uh, it's not meaty at like expensive fruit though. Like there's um, a lot of fruit to it as well. Uh, it's like also like sort of um, nimble in a way that's surprising, mm-hmm. based on like its sort of meatiness, like. It's like sort of like a woman made this. Is that crazy to say? I don't a think. very nimble woman. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking of like how smaller hands, you know, find the right. I was one. thinking how like Chris Chris Farley is like a big oaf, but he can also do ballet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yes. it's like it's like really impressive. Mm. Like what it's doing, it's great. I'm like oh. doing little dances like this mm. in my head, but yeah, no one can see it. I feel like this wine listens to Tegan and Sarah sometimes. I don't know. I'm getting a lot. Um, Oh, I did want to mention that you have a cuvee called Neutral Oak Hotel. We love I that. love that. I just like thank you for that. That's all. Mm-hmm. I have to say that I did not come up with that. Um, mm. My ex boyfriend did. I'm very I hate dear. it. I wish I it, it did not exist. No, <laughs> Fuck that. Ended on, ended on um, mm. pandemic related terms. Ah, okay. Wonderful okay, okay. person. We're, we just we love not, it. We love it again. <laughs> just went out to We are ride or die. Your team. If, what was that? You know. We're, we're ride or die on your team. So like, <laughs> if it turns out we don't like that name, just let us know and we hate it. No, we love it. Um, yeah, he and I just went out to dinner last week with uh, my current boyfriend and had a great time. But What the uh, fuck? That's the type of person that I am. like a nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah. I went to a party the other day that was a someone with their current girlfriend inviting their ex-girlfriend. Um, and I was like, I was the cover person, which was a bad idea because I am not good at social situations. And it was, I, I had to do so much alcoholism just to like d- d- handle. I kept on looking around like, this is weird, right? Like, we, we hate this. <laughs> but was it fun? Yeah, we had a great time. Mm, I love um, that. That's so California. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he came up with all of these great, Almost all of the names of my wines he came up with. Uh, it's a very creative mind. He has a PhD in math, so very smart. Okay. <laughs> and that, what percentage of the profits does he see? Zero. Ooh, hell yes. 
That's right. 2021, we're not paying dudes for their labor. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, Me- All right, bestie. <laughs> Megan, I think we should probably let you go. Um, is there anything we didn't touch upon that you wanted to talk about that we missed or anything? Um, yes, but just one thing. Cool. One it was. I hope it's something that we did wrong that you're yelling at us about. Because it seems like it might be. I'm very concerned. Oh, uh oh, where did it go? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what is Yuma's favorite snack? <gasps> And great question. <laughs> Chicken bones mm-hmm. that she finds on the street and have to pull out of her mouth in front of strangers. And she just looks at them like, please rescue me. I hate him. <laughs> Nothing tastes so sweet. And Kevin, what is your son's favorite snack? Oh, um, little bits of cheese stick that I break up into tiny pieces so that he doesn't choke. Uh-huh. Um, and by cheese stick, I mean like those like dried mozzarella guys. You know what I mean? Like, the good guys, the stringy cheeses. I wish someone would, string would cheese do that is the for technical me. Term. But like, I literally have to take it because if I give him, goals. if I give him the whole cheese stick, he takes <laughs> a mouthful of bite and then chokes. Uh, and so I have to like take it and break off like little, little niblets. And he goes, mmm, and he puts like seven in his mouth at once. So I have to like, <laughs> it's like feeding a fish. Like you can't give him all of it at once. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin has a really cute kid, but yeah. like, there's not a lot going on upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's been des- described as um, a buster <laughs> by a friend of mine, and uh, and I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a buster. buster. <laughs> Did you get any questions about my mustache? Was anyone like, "What's up with that?" Me? Yeah. No. Sorry. Okay. You can tell them that it's normal and I'm happy and it, nothing's weird happening in my brain. <laughs> um, oh, someone asked me why I didn't become a pro actor uh, based on the very short snippet of my acting example that I posted on Instagram earlier this week. Well, I why didn't see you. I'm very sorry, but um, I was just... It's easy. Kevin's a pro actor. <laughs> I'm a protractor. It's very different. Uh, wine making just seemed like a more fruit, fruitful path. Uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yes, and um, it's now Ms. Ms. Bell. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh, um, thank you so much. Thank you uh, for letting me come talk on a on the a podcast that has a lot of listeners. That's very nice. Three or four. <laughs> oh no! Do you think Will you hang out with us at um at Wild World? Will I hang out with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll stand by you and listen to you talk. I'll stand by you. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it, you know. We can we'll do a hand signal so we know that we're having yeah, fun. Yeah, that would be perfect. If you'd uh, like, we could. I'm not good at social. We can situations. get drunk for you at Wild World if you'd like. That way, you don't have to. Um, yeah, just like something I'm throwing out there. If you'd like. <laughs> That's so generous of you. Yeah, of Thank course. You. If you find any cocaine on the floor, like we'll do it for you. Uh, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I guess uh, if anyone wants to find me, I'm on Instagram at marginswine. I try to share mostly things about my actual life and not just boring pictures of wine. And That's very good. I 
uh, have a website at marginswine.com and you can buy wine in the web store there. And please do that. Like, I do think I'm sort of realizing that we don't say that enough when winemakers are on, but like you can buy their wines from them. That's a thing that you can do. We live in a society. I have forgotten to do that every episode. I'm like, yeah, you can find their wines or whatever. <laughs> you you should find their wines or whatever. It's important. Um, and drink the change you want to see in this world. That's truth. That's so nice. Is that our new motto? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Bye. Discourgeous.